The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. to Canada first. Stampede. Yeah. And that's Lindy used to wrestle as Blackfoot Sioux before that, but we knew we couldn't take it to Canada. <laughs> I mean, it's real Red Indians everywhere and everything like that. So anyway, we went there and they named it Angel Dust, first of all. Um, and she wrestled a couple of times there, but uh, basically they wanted her to be my my valet. And it was then that actually she was never 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 ever my valet before. And yeah. uh, I went from there back to Germany and wrestled in the Hanover tournaments. Then I went back to uh <clears throat> back to Canada, and from there, we went down to Mexico. Now, when I was down in Mexico, the name Adrian Street, they said that didn't, people wouldn't understand it, but they said, you're exotic, so we call you um, Exotico Adrian. Uh -huh. They never used the name Street, it was Exotico Adrian, and that was the first time. Now, I did really good. We did really good business down there. And um, Mike Lavelle, Hollywood Promotions in California, he got a year we were doing really good business. And it was him that actually invited us in. And I, he didn't call me Exotico Adrian. He called me Exotic Adrian Street. So that, that's where the name Exotic Adrian Street came from. Ah. Let me ask you about Canada then, um, because you was out there um, for uh, I think about ninety one. Sorry, nineteen eighty one, wasn't you? And you faced all their top stars, um, including the Hearts, uh, Keith Hart, Bruce Hart, Bret Hart, uh, a very young Davy Boy Smith out there, Dynamite Kid, um, and uh, like I say, you had uh, some great times over in Canada, especially for Stampede. Uh, what were some of your favourite memories of wrestling in Canada for the Hearts and for the Stampede promotion? Uh, my favourite favourite memories of that <laughs> was visiting Banff. <laughs> was visiting Banff and climbing uh, up, up uh, Sulphur Mountain, part of the Canadian Rockies, and taking a train trip, tra train trip from Calgary to. Um, to Vancouver, and Linda and I had a holiday there. We spent time on Vancouver Island. That was really neat. I saw like a lot of redwoods and all that sort of thing because I love trees. Love trees, love flowers, love butterflies, love birds. Not, I'm not fond of domestic animals at all. I wouldn't give, I wouldn't give you tuppence for um, any domestic pets. Not fond of cats. I don't like dogs at all. I know that's going to make me very unpopular with 
I'm sure well, it won't. <laughs> well, I really, I, I'd no sooner invite a domestic animal into my house than I would a lion, a tiger, a rhinoceros, or a skunk. <laughs> they just, um, I, I would not share. I've got friends that have got dogs. If they bring them, they can leave them in their car. You know, I wouldn't allow. I wouldn't allow them in the house. Yeah, and um, from 1982 to 1983, you worked for uh, Continental, didn't you? Continental Wrestling Association. Um, yeah. Now, I, I, like I say, you worked quite a bit for Continental during that period of time and for the next couple of years. What, what did the American audience make of you and your persona with the, the, the pigtails, the makeup, the flamboyant costumes, uh, the entrance uh, with Miss Linda as well? What did the American audience kind of make of your, your kind of persona and your act? We got fantastic um we got a fantastic reaction like we did everywhere. And the thing that sort of got us over really was contrast. I'd go in the ring looking as a feminine, skipping about and kissing and everything like that as I could. But once I started, a complete contrast. I've been yeah. living crap out of, and people couldn't believe what was happening. Like, oh, oh you know, he's, oh, you know, the sissy's going to get his ass kicked in a minute. You know, yeah. But this as you I, said, you love fighting, and you're was a a very talented wrestler as well. I am a very talented wrestler. Yeah, I'm one of the best, one of the best I know of. <laughs> Indeed, but uh, you know. Uh, Modesty is my strong point. <laughs> but I'd only be telling lies. <laughs> anyway, there was a commentator in Texas that I think put it best. I'm on my way to the ring and he goes like, well, hell, look at that Adrian Street. When that Adrian Street when he comes down, when he's walking to the ring, damn me if he don't look like a French poodle. <laughs> but when he gets in the ring and that bell rings, that French poodle turns into an American pit bull. And that was it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I loved it. I, I loved it if, if, if my opponent, my, I've, I've had my opponents going up. I threatened to kiss him and then sort of back off and all that kind of uh, thing. Or sometimes I would kiss him if I got him in, a, in, in that kind of position. But I sort of skip around the ring and everything like that. Get them frustrated. They'd really underestimate me. Then all of a sudden, when I felt in the mood, I'd lower the boom and I'd turn him inside out, upside down. I've got so many ways to hurt him that I'd have to invent new ways to scream. Yeah, absolutely. And um, did, did you get any heat 
from the fans or from the uh, from the members of the audience uh, in America or maybe over in the UK? What sort of heat have you received, if any? Um, you know, because of because of your act and your flamboyance and being a, a fantastic heel as well. I, uh, well, tremendous. Um, I mean, I've been, I've had, I've had, I've had uh, people sort of storm in the ring before now. Wow. And if they get in the ring, I'll treat them the same way I treat the opponent. My worry was that Linda would turn the balance sometimes. Like if anything was happening, she didn't mind interfering. She'd add me something illegal. And that sort of thing. But the only problem was she was outside the ring where the, where the fans could get at her. And, she, and she, she's, she's been attacked lots of times. And, and uh, Miss Lindy, you know how to handle yourself. I understand that uh, you weren't afraid to uh, look after yourself if you needed to. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and I used, to, I used to have to do that quite a bit. You know, sort of uh, fight people off. I mean, uh, I've, I've had men trying to attack me as well. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's funny now, but I mean, it, it wasn't really funny at the time when yeah. um, when you when you get uh, somebody gets hold of you by the back of the head and, and tries to pull you over and, and sort of kick you and stuff like that. That wasn't uh, that wasn't too good, but. Um, over there, they they did they did have security, and and they did it did help an awful lot. There was one time when Linda had broken her leg, well she broke her ankle. I mean she still got sort of steel pins and all that sort of stuff in her ankle now from the injury that she had at the time. She was ringside on crutches. Yeah. Some woman ran out of the audience and jumped on her back and knocked her over. Linda got hold of her hair, even though like a woman had jumped on her, got hold of her hair and ripped, ripped off her scalp out. There was blood and hair all over the place. And the police had to come and, and try to drag the woman away from Linda because they, fortunately enough, they recognised that the woman attacked Linda, Linda never attacked her. Yeah. They threw away and arrested her and Linda was left with a scalp, <laughs> scalp and, and there was like a trail of blood where they dragged, where they dragged the uh, woman off her. There was a trail of blood off the woman's head. The same same thing that I did to um Jimmy Yeah, same same thing I did to Jimmy Savile in the ring. I ripped his hair out until it until it's until there was blood all over the place. Brilliant. Let me ask you about Florida now, then, because uh, you went from continental in Kentucky and Tennessee to championship wrestling in Florida, didn't you? Um, you had some great matches there against Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, Scott McGee, Brad Armstrong, Barry Windham. And you even won the, the, the Florida heavyweight championship, didn't you, Adrian, yeah. um, during your time there? So Florida was a, a really, really great time for you and your career. What do you remember about your time in Florida? 
um, yeah, back right. in those uh, those times. Yeah, it is great. But um, we were down there before we came up for Continental. That was quite a, quite a long time. Mm. Um, before we uh, before we wrestled for Continental, I didn't. I don't. I don't think I even knew about him. Oh, I vaguely knew about him. But um, anyway, when we left, when we left Florida, we we wrestled in Tennessee before we went down to Florida. Um, we were there for we were there for a while. Um, we wrestled in Florida. We went from Florida to um, Tennessee to Tennessee. Um, from Tennessee, we went down. Um, to Tampa, that's yeah. when we were there. We went from Tampa to Texas. Um, I won. I won. I won the Texas the Texas uh, heavyweight championship as well. Um, it's funny because when I was leaving for the states, when I, when I came into business first, everybody said you're too small and you're too young. When I was leaving for the when I was leaving for the states, all the wrestlers then said, "I was forty by the time I actually uh, left Britain." They said, "You should be thinking about retiring now." <laughs> At forty, I was seventy-four when I actually retired. But um, they were saying to me then. You're too old and you're too small. You can't wrestle in uh, in the states. It's a land of giants. Have you seen the size of those guys out there? Yeah, and but, it's um, you did. I I get American wrestlers coming up to me, like my opponents would come up to me in the dressing room. I'd be standing there looking up their nostrils. They'd be like a foot taller than me, and like I weigh me about about hundred pounds. We're wrestling each other tonight. So, yeah, that's right. How can a big guy like me lose to a little guy like you? They just made it very, very uncomfortable for themselves. I don't like big men with big man attitudes. So I'd say to them, don't worry about that. When we get it now, I'll show you. How can a big guy like me lose to a little guy like you? I'll show you when we get in the ring. And I did. I turn him inside out, upside down. Yeah, you certainly did. You certainly did. And um, I think one of your biggest accomplishments while you were over in the States was um, uh, in Louisiana, 1984, um, against Terry Taylor, the Mid-South television title. And it's a very famous match, and they document it on the WWE Network as part of your documentary, of course. They feature that very heavily, and uh, um, it could always be described as the kiss heard around the world before you rolled him up and won the match for that television title. And uh, you must have uh, very fond memories of, of that period of time, and especially winning that championship uh, against um, another legend of the business, Terry Taylor. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, he's, 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 uh, he was an excellent wrestler. I got a good, a good handed to it. He was very, very good. Um, he was he, he was really kind of shocked. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's there, there's a lot of really good um, a, a lot of really good talent. Yeah, yeah. Let me ask you about your your costumes, your outfits. Um, where did you get a lot of your costumes made, a lot of your gear made? Because they were very um, flamboyant and uh, over the top. They weren't your traditional wrestling gear, especially the things you would wear to the ring. Would you get them specially made or would you make them yourself? Uh, how did we you get a lot them. of your costumes made? We made them. You did? We, we made them. In, in actual fact, <clears throat> when we were... Well, we were getting sort of close to retiring and everything like that. That is what we actually did for a living. When I started cutting down on wrestling, um, we sent costumes all over the world, not just wrestling costumes, anything for show big business people. You know, we've made Elvis costumes. Um, we, we, we sent uh, Predator Actually, we made Predator outfits and stuff like that, but we sent to Japan. Um, if you saw the movie uh, The Wrestler with uh, Mickey Rock, mm. we made all the costumes for Mickey Rock, plus all the other um, actors and wrestlers that was in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Very, very very impressive. Um, uh, one name I'm going to throw out to you now is uh, Randy Savage. Now, you had uh, um, a program with Randy um, in around 1985. You had uh, several matches uh, within a three or four month period while you was uh, working for that promotion, uh, culminating in a, in a lumberjack match. But you had a number of matches with Randy. Um, what, what are your memories of wrestling uh like I say, legends of the business, Randy Savage, uh, during your time um, in 1985? Randy was a great athlete. Um, he used to play baseball a number mm. of years before, professional baseball. I think, I think he played for the Cardinals or something like that. Um, he was ambidextrous. He could pitch, pitch with either hand and what have you. But his, his father... Um, Angelo Poffo was a professional wrestler and um, his, his brother um, Lanny Lanny Poffo, yeah he, he was a wrestler too and that's how they brought him into the business as a professional wrestler um, he could really look after himself I mean he could really, you know, he could fight but he wasn't a great wrestler I mean, he was good, yeah. but he, he was very I intense, was, wasn't he? Very intense. Obviously, I could have got, I could have gone in the ring, I could have gone in the ring with him, and quite honestly, I could have, I could have crippled him in two minutes if I'd wanted to. Yeah, but I wanted to make more of it. So I go in the ring 
what I actually what I actually wanted to do was pretend I was afraid of him. I keep running away from him, running away like running away, running away. If I'd gone in there and wrestled him straight away, that'd have been the beginning and the end of the match. I kept running away to make the people think I was terrified of him. So then, when I actually did have a go at him and beat him up, it would make my wrestling even more um, oh it would make it even make it even more shocking. Yeah, absolutely. I can get that. And um, through my research, I noticed that um, you wrestled in about 1984, maybe 1985, a very young Shawn Michaels, uh, two-time WWE Hall of Famer. Do you remember those occasions? Because this would have been before the Rockers and before he came to the WWF. And uh, I think you wrestled him a few times uh, back in the mid-80s. Um, and he would have been maybe only a year into his career. In Texas, yeah. Yeah. In fact, had, in fact I think you had, um, I was amongst, I was amongst, I was amongst his early opponents. Yes. And the thing is, um, if somebody had asked me then, at that particular time, do you think Shawn Michaels would be a great wrestler or anything like that? I would have been inclined to say, He's like a little bit too timid. He, you know, he didn't have that sort of push and everything like that. First of all, mm. and I wouldn't have given him. Quite honestly, if I'd been a promoter a number of years, if I, if I was just say for curiosity, I was a promoter now, and I could, I could choose any wrestler in the world. To wrestle on my card in their prime. Mm. In his prime, he would have been one of the. He would. He'd have been. He'd probably been my first choice. Yeah. He had it all, but in the beginning, when I knew him first, when I wrestled with him, um, he hadn't got into his own land, you know. Still had a lot to learn. Still, he was. He, he was he was still uh, he was still budding. He hadn't sort of bloomed. And yeah. boy, did he yeah, bloom! Oh. Did he bloom? Hundred percent, absolutely. And um, looking at all of your accolades, Adrian, and uh, between 1985 and 1987, you won the NWA Southeastern Heavyweight Championship six times. I understand that's that's a tremendous accomplishment. Um, well, something I'm sure you're very uh, proud of. T tell us about uh, that championship. This was my last contest. Yeah. That was my last contest. In that contest, I was the undefeated NWA heavyweight champion. For that contest, I purposely lost weight. I weighed 157 pounds. Yeah. And I won the title. I mean, I, 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 
I beat my opponent and retired the undefeated NWA champion. At, um, at the age of 74. Very impressive. Very, very impressive. Um, like I say, you're obviously very proud of all of your accomplishments and uh, all of your championships that you've won throughout your career. Um, but uh, what, what do you remember about some of the weird and wonderful gimmick matches that you were involved with then, Adrian? Because uh, you've been involved in matches from Loser Leaves Town to Indian Strap Matches, Loser Must Wear a Dress Match, Bull Rope Matches, matches where you might be tarred and feathered. Um, everything and anything in between. Um, they, they all sound a lot of fun, some weird and wonderful and probably quite painful. Any of your fond memories about some of them, uh, uh, some of them gimmick matches that you would have had over in the States, Adrian? Well, I wrestled, I, I wrestled a Red Indian and it was for a world title. It was, um, it was a it was for a promotion in Tallahassee. They weren't really a big promotion or anything like that, but any promotion, they, they, they tend to claim their own world champions. Yeah. And anyway, I won the title. I was challenged by Black Eagle or something like that, Red Indian. You had a, a black feathered headdress. And um, he challenged me for the belt. And he said, okay. He said, I he said but I want a stipulation. You've got long blonde hair. Not only do I get the title if I beat you, but he said, I'm gonna, I want to scalp you. I'm going to shave your hair off. I said, yeah, fair enough. I said, and if you lose, which you will, not only do I retain the title, but I want your headdress. And that was one of my, um, that was one of my prized possessions, actually, was his headdress, because I've always loved Indians. Yeah. I wanted to be a Red Indian long before um, I ever even knew anything about professional wrestling. But if you get that out of the way, I'll, I'll move this chair over a little bit. There's the belt. Fabulous. That's a world. That's a world title belt. Below it is. A European um, European middleweight belt, which I won on so many occasions, and even when I, I retired from um, from Europe, I was given that as being the um, most prolific champion. Absolutely. Yeah. So there we go. I wrote the trophies and back here, but those trophies, photographs. Grunt the wrestling movie, I was in that too. <coughs> Linda and I were both in that, we played ourselves. 
absolutely amazing. And um, what, what are some of your, your your proudest memories or your proudest achievements or uh, moments uh, in your illustrious career then, Adrian? What, what would you say are maybe the top one or two or three proudest moments that you can uh, kind of, you know, keep with you for uh, for forever? It's a tough question. Yeah. Be very difficult to say which because I've I've had I've had so many. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, got your uh, your figurine there, your uh, action figure. Yeah, that's it. And we sign autographs on the back. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's it. That, they can get there on. Um, they can get there by messaging me. Autograph free. Yeah. We've got a special offer on these books. They're just five pounds. Absolutely fantastic, and we'll uh, make sure that the. Oh, hold on. This is my first record album. Shake, wrestle, and roll. The exotic Adrian Street, Miss Linda. Wonderful. So, would that be you actually performing and singing then, Adrian? Yes. And you obviously sang your 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 entrance music at some stage as well. Is that right? Your your theme tune. Was was that? You 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 obviously sang your entrance music or your theme tune to the ring. Yeah, I imagine what I could do to you. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, as we kind of get close to the end of this recording, um, I, I want to ask, what do you think your legacy is going to be? What do you think Exotic Adrian Street's legacy on the business is going to be, considering everything you have, you've achieved, where you travelled, all of your accomplishments and great matches? Um, what, what legacy do you think you'll leave on the business? Proving everybody wrong, it said I couldn't do it. I think that's probably uh, no better way to end this fantastic interview with uh, Exotic, Adrian Street and Miss Linda. I want to thank you both for your time and thank you so much uh, for your wonderful stories. Um, yeah. But uh, if you've got a message for your fans out there, uh, those that will be watching this and really enjoying this interview and uh, uh, maybe want to learn more about you. But if you've got a message for your fans, what would you like to tell them before we say goodbye? Be happy, stay safe. There we go. But uh, Exotic, Adrian Street and Miss Linda, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thanks for having us, John.